Free and fair elections are crucial to a functioning republic. And yet, recent years have exposed major concerns about the way the vote is currently conducted in America. What's wrong and how can it be fixed? Find out in this special program. Let's take advantage of the freedoms that we have while we have them to advance the kingdom's objective, to be salt and light. Freedom is hard. Elections, election security involves you, involves the voters. This election for people of faith is vital that we see a change because the war against Christians is at an all-time high. Transparency is the key not only to having uh, honest elections, but to maintaining public trust in those elections. Our ability to vote is not being um, withheld from us. No one's trying to stop you from voting. The one place the American people can have a say is at the ballot box. That's why the Democrats and, and the far left are working so hard to get rid of all election integrity. We cannot let our elections be uh, anything but transparent. Uh, it is at the very heart of freedom in a free society. And if we lose America, I mean, it's, it's all over because the world has looked to America for hope. Hello, I'm Rob Pacienza. The 2020 election was one of the most controversial in history. For many, it exposed deep concerns about the security and integrity of American elections. Charges and countercharges have been lobbed back and forth, while the traditional media response has been to dismiss such concerns as conspiratorial nonsense when raised by conservatives. But liberals have raised the same concerns in elections they've lost with the media's approval. In reality, secure elections should be a bipartisan concern. On this special edition of Truths That Transform, we're sharing with you some of our brand new special documentary program, Free and Fair, Restoring Election Integrity. We will investigate the flaws that have been exposed in America's electoral system and what we can do to fix them. As we begin, our founding fathers were very wary of centralized power since their Christian worldview told them human beings are sinners who are prone to abuse it. But today, some of the left are trying to take the running of elections away from the state and local level and give it over to a handful of Washington bureaucrats. Our own Dr. Jerry Newcomb has more. Free and fair elections where we the people are confident that our vote is counted accurately is absolutely necessary for our republic to thrive. The founders were certainly aware of the need for election integrity. Uh, that's why um, they made sure that local officials would have control over this because they would have the most knowledge over the conditions and the problems and potentially the scandals that would develop. It should be remembered that at the beginning of our nation, the 13 original states made a compact with each other to create the federal government. And what does the Constitution say as to who should handle elections? It's the state legislatures. And um, when, we, when we do anything other than that, we are violating the Constitution, clear and simple. Our Constitution wisely 
gave the power to run our elections to the states and the local governments. And the reason for that is they didn't want a centralized authority deciding rules for everybody. They wanted them adapted to local conditions. They also didn't want what some countries have, which is a centralized counting system, whereby you can easily manipulate the results and you also make it less transparent and have fewer officials making those decisions. Our elections are run by our states and by our local governments, and that's a good thing. But now, in a congressional bill called H.R. 1, the left is attempting to micromanage the election system on a national level, not the state level, despite what the Constitution explicitly spells out. H.R. 1 in the House and S. 1 in the Senate. This was the bill that would basically take away the right of states to run their own elections, effectively federalize, nationalize the election process, render all the voter laws on ID invalid in all 32 states that have them, uh, basically force states to adopt uh, tactics like same-day voter registration, which are open and engraved invitations to mischief and fraud. And it was the most biased, unbalanced, partisan piece of legislation I've ever seen. Not one Republican sponsored it or voted for it. Uh, even some Democrats privately disagreed with it. Elections absolutely should not be federalized in this country. It is the wrong way to go. It is not what the founders would have expected at all. It is, in fact, it's the opposite of who we are. States are responsible for themselves. The Constitution anticipates that states will always be the first stop when it comes to deciding any matter of policy at this, at, about elections in the states. And that, that also goes for congressional elections and it goes for the selection of presidential electors. To combat some of the problems that occurred in the 2020 election, such as an inordinate number of mail-in ballots without verification of who actually completed those ballots, a few states, including Georgia, Arizona, and Texas, passed some laws to ensure voter integrity. President Biden smeared the Georgia law as racist. I'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. Well, I don't think there's anything that Georgia could have passed that he wouldn't have called Jim Crow 2.0. We actually expanded the number of days that um, are, are uh, eligible to be voted on and also the number of hours um, and we also increased the number of precincts across the state. Um, but we, um, we put in more safeguards in those eligible precincts um, so that, uh, you know, some of the kind of the remote drop-off locations, uh, we put much more stringent um, uh, requirements uh, on those. When Georgia passed its voter overhaul law to increase voter integrity and to make it easier to vote but more difficult to cheat, the left pulled out all the stops to punish the peach tree state. I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, so this was near and dear to my heart. And to have you know corporations like Delta and the Major League Baseball to come and cancel the All-Star Game in Atlanta, Georgia, at a time when that All-Star Game was supposed to honor the home run king, who was Hank Aaron. And if you wanted to talk about racism, here you are moving the All-Star Game from a city that has predominant black small businesses who would have benefited from all of the, the, uh, the businesses coming in to watch that game. And you moved it to Denver, Colorado.
what Georgia did was try to take corrective action. And it was all legal, it was all constitutional. And as a matter of fact, in the ensuing primary elections, you saw even more increased voter turnout and participation. I think when uh, Joe Biden came to Atlanta and said that anybody who supports the filibuster in the U.S. Senate and anybody who opposes the Democratic uh, federal election takeover legislation that would basically have the federal government take over our elections, mandate same-day registration, uh, basically outlaw redistricting by state legislatures, uh, essentially abolish, effectively abolish the Federal Election Commission and replace it with a quasi-judicial regulatory body that was going to regulate elections, punish parties and candidates, packed with liberals, and then make it against the law, against federal law, to clean your voter rolls and remove inactive and, and deceased voters. I mean, this is a power grab unlike anything we've se seen in our lives. Critics note there are potential serious problems with some of the voting machines currently being used in many states. There have been reports that the machines could be hacked or can be programmed to switch votes from one candidate to another. In fact, our government's own Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency issued a report in May 2022 which says the machines from Dominion voting systems used in at least 16 states are vulnerable to hacking if their security flaws are not addressed. Clearly, there are concerns and there are problems with computer software and computer electronic voting machines. Uh, we need to have more transparency. We need to have open source software. If the government is going to pay for the elections, it should pay extra to force the companies to reveal their software, what's behind it, and so people can go under the hood and try to duplicate the results and see if the software is working. Uh, we also probably should have better machines. I think that it's problematic that we've gone in so many places to the electronic uh, voting because people that know how to uh, uh, hack systems and manipulate results and uh, program machines, uh, they can control uh, the outcome. So what do we need to do to fix such machines? What you want to do is you want to have electronic voting machines, but you want to have greater public confidence in them. A paper receipt showing how you voted, for example, uh, or being able to look up how, how you, with an identifying code how you voted on the, and it was, how it was recorded on the computer. The more we centralize things, the more we forget that states are ultimately responsible for themselves, the more angry and divided we are. And I would argue this is no coincidence. We should go back to the days when states just looked out for themselves and took care of their own citizens and decided how to appoint their presidential electors based on those considerations and without worrying about, about whether you know, some other state approved of what they did. Our government is absolutely set up so that each state can represent itself in the way that it best, you know, best can for its citizens. If you remove the uh, confidence in elections and if every single person doesn't have the same vote and the same say, then you undermine the entire fabric of the republic and that's why it's important. America needs truth, and right now, D. James Kennedy Ministries is seeking 100 people to become new faith partners with a monthly gift of $35 or more. 
Your regular monthly gift proclaims God's word and defends freedom in this critical hour for America. Automatic giving is fast, easy, and saves you time and money. Plus, it cuts processing costs, which means more of your gift goes straight to ministry. When you become a faith partner by committing to a monthly gift of $35 or more, we will thank you by sending you Molly Hemingway's blockbuster book, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. Be one of the 100 faith partners to proclaim Christ and defend freedom. Join today. Taking control of elections away from the states and handing it to the federal government would essentially make our elections irreformable. To see how this works, put in a call to your state representative. Then, put a call into your United States Senator or the President. Who do you think you're most likely to get on the phone first? The more local government is, the more responsive it is. That's how election reforms have already been made since 2020. One reform that has almost universal approval is voter ID laws which simply require you to prove that you are who you say you are when you go to vote. Yet the left actively opposes such laws in the strongest possible terms, even equating them to Jim Crow racism. Why might that be? John Rabe takes a closer look. Being able to prove your identity has become increasingly paramount in today's society. If I can go to any country in the world, go to an ATM machine, and within microseconds, it can tell me who I am, how much money I have in the bank. In an era of identity theft, there has been an increase in the requirement to validate your identity in all areas of what would be considered normal life. Yet laws that would require a voter to show a valid ID in order to cast a ballot have been deemed extreme and controversial, and some have even claimed it's racist. A huge majority think it's reasonable to ask a, vote, a voter to show proof of who they are. We have to do it to cash a check, board an airline, enter a lot of government buildings, pick up a prescription, any number of things. Why wouldn't you do that when you vote to select our leaders who are governing us? The American people want to make sure that the integrity of the electoral process is protected and picture ID is a part of that. All of the polling on this shows that Americans, and it doesn't matter what their race or ethnicity is, and it doesn't matter whether they support Republicans or Democrats or Libertarians, the overwhelming majority of Americans say voter ID, that's a common sense requirement. The, the last number I saw on this was 80% support. Uh, people of all ethnic backgrounds want our elections to be fair. They don't want their votes stolen by people who shouldn't be voting. 32 states have some form of ID requirement. Now, sometimes that means you just have to bring a utility bill with your address on it. Sometimes you have to show an actual photo ID that's issued by the government, that's issued free for that purpose. Uh, the problem is the 18 states that don't have any requirement are some of our biggest states, Illinois, New York, California. California makes it illegal for an election official at the polls to ask you for any ID. Illegal, they can be fined and prosecuted if they ask you to prove to, that you are who you say you are. 
Despite the vast majority of Americans desiring more proof of identity for elections, 20 states plus the District of Columbia have same-day registration provisions enabling voters to register and vote at the same time. When you combine that with the fact that they don't want an ID in place, think about this, anyone can walk into any polling place anywhere, uh, make up a name, make up an address, they have to allow them to register to vote, and if you can't ask them for an ID, even if an election official is suspicious, what can they do about it? But those are the kind of changes that they're trying to make. I find it remarkably ironic that the same people who oppose voter ID and election integrity were the same folks who said, oh, uh, the 2020 presidential elections, nothing was wrong with them, they were perfectly fine. But then the first objective, once you have a Democratic majority and a Democrat president in office, is to pass an election reform law? Is that not a tacit admission that there was something going on with elections? as states like Georgia, Texas, and Arizona enact new voting laws that include photo ID requirements, the left, along with a complicit media, continue to push the narrative that these voter ID laws somehow are racist and suppress the minority vote. That is the most insidious and stupid, delusional thing I've ever heard. Having a picture ID is is not racist. And as a matter of fact, you want to go to any type of uh, banking institution, whatever, you have to show a picture ID. So is it racist when my daughter goes um, to go vote? That she has to present some ID? If she wanted to go to the doctor, <laughs> she would have to present some kind of ID. Does that make the doctor's office racist? That, that just boggles my imagination. But this is the world we live in. They actually claim that 25% of African-Americans lack an effective ID, effective photo ID. Uh, the Brennan Center came up with that number using an extremely flawed poll. Does anyone in this country believe that 25% of African Americans don't have an ID? That's ridiculous. You can't live your life in America without identification. And so that's not an argument that stand up to any type of intellectual scrutiny. To say that, that people, because they're minorities, have more melanin in their skin, they can't find the DMV in order to get an ID to vote. In my estimation, that's the, that's the epitome of uh, what's described as a soft bigotry of low expectations. My, 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 my dad's generation, had we had people going to jail, some of them killed over the right to vote. And you're telling me that's racist? In Georgia, if you want a voter ID, it's free. You don't have to pay for it. You just show up and get it. But you have to prove that you're an actual eligible elector to get that ID card. There's nothing racist about that at all. And the current evidence seems to demonstrate that the claim that voter ID laws suppress minority votes is simply false. If we believe the left, including the most important left-winger uh, in Georgia, Stacey Abrams, this is Jim Crow 2.0, this is vicious racism, this is suppression. And of course, it's just ridiculous. It doesn't pass the laugh test to pretend that these things, overwhelmingly supported by all Americans, uh, in any way... Uh, suppress ethnic groups, types of voters, left or right-wing voters. We now have almost 15 years worth of data, turnout data. All of that data, when you compare states with ID, 
to states with no ID, like New York and California, it does not affect turnout. It doesn't suppress anyone from being able to vote. In fact, states like Georgia, Georgia with a photo ID law, they've seen record registration and record turnout since their ID law went into effect. Now, no one's quite sure why. I think it's because it gives people more confidence in the election process. This is basically a game in which they accuse people of trying to suppress the vote when their real motive is, well, they just don't want people to know what's going on behind the curtain, I think. In the U.S., as it is with almost every country in the world, the main reason for having voter ID regulations is to prevent those who are not eligible to vote, such as illegal immigrants, from casting ballots circumventing the will of the citizenship by changing the outcome of our elections. Currently, the U.S. Department of Justice is suing the state of Arizona over a recently passed law that requires voters to show proof of citizenship when they register. There is a push right now by various progressives that are convinced that we want to bring in all sorts of people across the border. I live in the state of Texas, and I can tell you we're seeing just an enormous number of individuals, probably two million people this last year, crossing from Mexico into the United States. And when uh, you have immigrants that flood into a country, uh, several things happen. In America, the congressional districts are divvied up based on population. So every 10 years you do a census, if they let more people in, they get more districts. So even if the illegal immigrants don't vote, if they're counted in the census, that state will get more congressional districts and they'll have more representation in Congress and they'll get more electoral votes. So there is a political advantage to letting more illegals into states. Another way some states are enabling non-citizens to vote is by eliminating citizenship requirements to get a driver's license. Many states have it, if you have a driver's license, you're automatically registered to vote. And so somebody walks in to vote, they have a driver's license, um, they're not asked the question, are you a citizen? It's hard to even comprehend it, honestly. I, I mean, I don't know of another nation that's ever done that. I, I, I feel like we're in a Romans 1 situation, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. So this whole argument about uh, not having mandatory voter identification is about trying to vote people who are undocumented trying to get their, uh, them to influence the outcome of elections. With the outcome of some recent elections being determined by a few hundred votes or less, it is easy to see how allowing ineligible voters to vote can change the outcome of an election. For example, in 2017, the Public Interest Legal Foundation found that more than 5,500 non-citizens had registered to vote in Virginia, and more than 1,800 of those non-citizens cast ballots in an election in which two races were determined by less than 1,000 votes. We've got to get back to the place where we say nations matter, borders matter, value systems matter, our rule of law matters, the system matters. If we want to live in freedom, if we want liberty, we've got to remember the inputs that produce that liberty, and it comes back to the rule of law. And allowing people to vote from anywhere and not even be citizens of your community ignores the rule of law completely. And I think that if we wanted to advantage America and protect the election integrity and the outcomes for all Americans, we would stand together for tough uh, voter 
identification laws, and we would want to protect the integrity of our elections. Hi, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. My father, Dr. D. James Kennedy, knew that elections were a Christian issue. Politics is not something merely for the secular world. My dad taught regularly that our duty to love our neighbors and to render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar means that we Christians have an obligation to vote and to vote based on biblical values. But that assumes we have fair and accurate elections. As you've seen on today's program, there are those now working overtime to undermine the integrity of our elections. You need to know the truth and what you can do to protect your vote, especially with a key national election just a little over six weeks away. That's why we've published the brand new book, Crooked, What Really Happened in the 2020 Election and How to Stop the Fraud by Robert Knight. And we'll send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation to help this ministry continue shining the light of biblical truth on vital issues like this. Crooked examines what happened in the controversial 2020 election and gives a blueprint for how we can secure the vote. What about those so-called mules who seem to be stuffing drop boxes with ballots? What was the role of Mark Zuckerberg and other tech giants on influencing the results of the election? Are electronic voting machines secure? Our new book, Crooked, What Really Happened in the 2020 Election and How to Stop the Fraud, examines all those questions and more. And if you're able to give a generous gift of $60 or more, we'll send you the book plus the DVD of our new documentary special, Free and Fair, Restoring Election Integrity. You've seen part of this documentary on our program today. Now you can get the full DVD version of this eye-opening expose, which investigates how 2020 exposed major security risks in America's elections system, and how we can and must ensure that future elections are free and fair for everyone. This powerful program features experts like former U.S. Senator Rick Santorum, Eric Metaxas, Ralph Reed, Gary Bauer, former Princeton and Vanderbilt law professor Carol Swain, Tony Perkins, and many more. Election integrity should be a bipartisan issue that brings us all together. You'll want to share this fact-filled video with your own circle of influence. Once again, we'll send you the new book, Crooked, What Really Happened in the 2020 Election and How to Stop the Fraud by Christian journalist Robert Knight as our thanks for your generous donation. And the book, plus our full DVD special, Free and Fair, Restoring Election Integrity, as thanks for your gift of $60 or more. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 877-962-7677. Or go online to djkm.org. The integrity of the vote should not be a partisan issue. It benefits all of us when elections are secure and accurate. Selecting our leaders should be a matter of persuasion and debate leading to a majority, not of behind-the-scenes scheming. Major candidates of both parties have publicly expressed concerns about the security of our elections. Indeed, Democrat Stacey Abrams was considered a hero by the media when she disputed the results of the 2018 Georgia governor's election. But then suddenly in 2020, such questioning was considered an attack on the republic itself.
Enough of the hypocrisy and power-mongering. The future of the country belongs not in the hands of those who best can manipulate things, but in the hands of we, the people. Thank you for joining us for this special program. Join us again next week as we continue with part two of our preview of Free and Fair, Restoring Election Integrity. May God bless you, and may God bless and protect America. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.